0: Hey
1: guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm excited to have Dawn Lewis on the show today. Dawn is one of the great educators that I've had the pleasure of meeting previously. She teaches SMRT and I was anxious to have her on the show to discuss what she does and interesting stuff in the massage industry. Uh, Dawn, can you introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you and information about SMRT?
0: Absolutely. Um, so my name is Don Lewis and my school name is Full Circle School. I teach SMRT as continuing education across the country and we also teach a basic program and SMRT is included within that curriculum. The website is efullcircle.com, so you got to put that E on the front of it um, and you can find everything there. We are located in Aurora, Colorado. So on the website, you'll also find a phone number if you'd like to call us.
1: Yeah. Uh, Aurora, offhand, I didn't look it up last night. Where is Aurora in position like Denver? Denver is where I think of Colorado.
0: Aurora is actually the largest suburb of Denver, and we're on the east side of Denver.
1: Okay. Yeah, that gives me a little more like geographic frame of reference. If it makes you feel any better, people tell me about cities in Texas that I'm like, where?
0: <laughs> like, right.
1: It's too, it's too big <laughs> to be able to keep track of small towns. So People tell uh, me Dawn, stuff
0: about Colorado and I have no idea where they are either.
1: No, no way, no way. Um, so, Dawn, you and I had had some uh, brief conversations. Um, I think we were interested in potentially discussing Uh, Regulation in Colorado related to education. There have been sort of some changes in Colorado, which uh, I'm not a big fan of. I don't know if anybody's followed me much, but um, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, some of the challenges in being a CE provider? Um, And that's how I think of it specifically. You can tell me, you know, in other words, we can go any direction you want with the podcast. That's totally fine. But I think mainly what I was interested in is you and I are both CE providers. We work in different states. We're trying to travel nationally. And when we go into different states, I don't think massage therapists understand that we have like a new set of laws and hurdles in almost every state we go into.
0: We do. Absolutely. Every state is very, very different. So I think sometimes when you become a CE provider, you think, If I just get approved through the NCB TMB, if I'm nationally approved, then I'll be fine. I can teach in any state, but that's really not the case. And that becomes more and more controversial and more and more difficult as time goes on because the NCB has been under scrutiny. And so more and more states are not accepting certain things as continuing education or writing up their own lists or deciding that every class needs to be approved through the state as well. So Colorado is really interesting in that our continuing education laws have absolutely nothing to do with massage therapy. It's all about occupational uh, education. So any occupational education, whether it's basic or continuing education, is approved through a board here called the Division of Private Occupational Schools. And it's costly. And that keeps most people from getting courses approved. But you have to get your course approved through an approved school, or you have to become an approved school, which is also costly. So, Colorado is really restrictive in continuing education, and we just don't get a whole lot of it here. The people who do teach here actually teach illegally for the most part, they just don't know that they are teaching illegally. So, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. That's crazy, right?
1: <clears throat> yeah. it's So So, long story short, I had set up a class, and from the time I had set up the class in Colorado till I taught the class, the laws changed in the middle. No, but the
0: class- no. Actually, Robert, you're wrong. They didn't. The laws <laughs> were always the laws. It's just uh-huh. that you didn't know that the laws were the laws.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah I, yeah, I mean, I do the best I can, but there's only so much research I can do. It's like somebody goes, hey, can you come here? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: <laughs> well, and our board is almost non-existent. So you can't just find these things on the Colorado Massage Board like website where it says, by the way, you cannot teach continuing education because we do not need continuing education credit for license renewal." So they don't address continuing education at all through the massage board. It's all about occupational training. And so it's this hidden little clause in there where the DPOS could literally come in and shut down your entire class in the middle of you teaching it and tell you you're teaching it illegally and kick you right out of there, refuse to let you continue. And you didn't even know that they existed. Yeah. But the rules were always the rules we just started talking about it a whole lot more after they came after me last year and tried to get me to never teach again.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That must've been fun. (laughs) Like (laughs)
0: $20,000 and Senate meetings and lawyers and crazy fun. Yes.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like the massage Gestapo showed up. Like I had conversations, I believe with Alfred Westlake online and Alfred, yep. um, Alfred was talking about you know well it's better than county to county regulation and you know we're we're going back and forth because I'm not a big fan of regulation generally and then people were like oh Robert you teach online technically it's illegal and I'm like come get me
0: right <laughs> I saw that exchange actually
1: are you going to like I, I, YouTube channel are they going to come get <laughs> me
0: <laughs> our regulation literally says within the regulation that you cannot market to Colorado residents. So you you cannot ask Colorado residents to partake or to buy or to learn anything from you if you are not an approved school. And I always think, how are they gonna regulate that? Like that just doesn't make any sense. So Here's what some I some learned some
1: selectively. <laughs>
0: Possibly, right? But what I learned through this process is that what's happening right now is agencies in every state that are kind of like the DPOS that regulate occupational training within that state, all of those agencies have gotten together and formed like an association. And so they've made a pact with each other to regulate the instructors that are in their states. And so if Texas gets on board with that, what that means is that by living in Texas, some agency in Texas has the right to regulate everything that you do educationally. Yeah. So that's the wave of the future, which is a little bit scary to me because their entire premise with me last year was, well, you live here. So we get to tell you what to do in other states, yeah. which is interesting
1: Which, you know, like, I mean, I tell people this, and I try to to mean this in a good way. And I mean this in the best possible way when I use this word. I'm pretty much an anarchist. I'm like, I don't need any laws telling me what to do. I have ethics. You know, let's just go. And the thing is, when I teach online, it's interesting to me that nobody gets angry when it's a YouTube channel. Like I can give the information away for free on YouTube and nobody cares. But if I start selling, people start to get, you know, their panties in a bunch about it. And I go, I have a subscription service at seven bucks a month. Like you're going (laughs) to like, you know, right. I am basically work out of my home studio, which is, you know, a converted garage with, with this technology, which is like <laughs> me pushing buttons on a phone streaming. I'm <laughs> like, this is, it, is it illegal? Like come on. I mean,
0: <laughs> but it is. Where it, it, yeah. It is. I don't know how they're ever going to regulate that. So that makes no sense to me, but <laughs> yeah. none. Yeah. But at this so point, other- Because they forced us to become a school, we'll also be teaching a basic program, and that might mitigate some of the expense that they cost me, right? So, uh, like, yeah, last year was crazy because they were just on top of me. They were trying to regulate me in, like, Connecticut and Texas and every other state.
1: So let me ask you this. You had contacted me at one point. I never got back to you. I had been ordinarily busy. And you said, Robert, would you like me to host you in Colorado? So Mm -hmm. the people understand, like, so you you took care of these regulatory hurdles. Now you can host me as a CE provider. What do we have to do to do that? What's the additional, like, paperwork?
0: Well, I would have to have your class approved through the DPOS. But here's what's happened. And it (laughs) happened mainly because of my case, right? So for decades now... The DPoS goes after CE providers and tells them cease and desist. You will stop teaching or we will charge you with all kinds of things and run you through the legal system to the tune of thousands of dollars in legal fees. Right. OK, so most CE providers are like, fine, I won't teach like I, I, I can't. Right. So they just shut down. Yeah. OK, well. I'm not one of those CE providers. Like at this point, we teach 30 or 35 classes across the country every year. i am It's a pretty big organization, right? So when they came at me, the other thing about that is I used to own massage schools here in Colorado. So I was DPOS approved for 15 years. I know who they are and what they do, right? So when they came at me, I was like, no way. Well, there were other words I used, but still... So I was like, okay, here we go. So I got senators, representatives involved. Alfred was like in, in instrumental to what went on. Like he wrote all this stuff. He understands the rules like nobody's business. So we ended up before a Senate committee trying to get the rules changed by law in the Senate. And the Senate said, we would rather have them changed by rule and have the DPOS do it themselves, right? So that has led to this whole like exemption thing. They're rewriting the rules right now so that CE providers like you can get an exemption in Colorado. You just have to apply for it. And likely what they're going to do is they're going to say any NCBTMB approved program or course is approved. Their guidelines are: can't be more than... I think 100 hours, no, it can't be more than 40 hours or cost more than $1,000. As long as you're within those parameters, you should get an exemption.
1: Interesting, yeah.
0: And then you could just use my classroom, Robert, see? So yeah.
1: Well, I didn't know if I had to pay like an additional fee. Well, what's crazy to me is I I travel to different states and I go to Colorado for the first time uh, to teach And you go to Colorado and uh, marijuana is illegal in Texas, but it's legal in Colorado. So I'm like, so technically to me, I'm like, okay, I can go and I can smoke dabs and get high as the moon. And and I can't go teach my class legally. Right. That's right. That's totally right. you You hear all these crazy stories. It's just so funny to me. People don't. And this is why, for me, the reason I get – if I would say that I'm against regulation, mainly what it is, I'm against onerous red tape that makes it more expensive for you and I to go out and teach people. That's all. It, it's not because I, I don't want the public to be protected. It's just it gets to this point where you know I could just give the information away for free on YouTube. Like if I can just give the information away for free on YouTube, why is it illegal for me to come into your state and teach a class and actually work with licensed therapists? money Especially, why no
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's <laughs> it right there money yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh
1: boy
0: well oh. and you know i admit that i mean the regulation we have here is way over the top it's way too much yeah but i do kind of understand why they feel the need to protect students i mean there are definitely instructors out there who are not putting on, let's say, decent classes, right? So, and they're taking money for very little. So I do get that part, but we're talking about continuing education here where most people spend less than $500, not a giant program where they're going to end up spending seven to 12 to $15,000, you know?
1: Uh, Regulation. I, I took a class years ago with an instructor And so people, this is my understanding. You correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know more about this and you've done more research. You've also been an educator, an educator uh, much longer than I have. You know, I took a class with a guy who's from, he's from the United States, but he had moved to Thailand. Um, He's coming back to the United States teaching classes in Thai massage, and he's nationally certified. He doesn't have a massage license at all. Right. as long as you get nationally certified, that's a loophole. So he can come into Texas and give CE credit. I've got three licenses in Texas alone. Now, when I'm in his class, he basically is like, yeah, they can't, they can't me to do anything. They'll never make me get a license. He's just like thumbing his nose at regulation. The other students in class are like yoga teachers who are like, they will never be able to regulate me. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I go, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and then massage therapist, you
2: in a break? Hi, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer and videographer for Robert Gardner Wellness. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. It means a lot to Robert and I that you would take the time out of your day to hear what Robert and his guests have to say. May I ask you of a quick favor? If you have gotten any value out of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment and share the link on social media. Once again, thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, those of you who are watching the live stream, the live stream is kind of just picture and pi- picture by picture kind of frame jumping. I have no idea why on our end we're getting a perfectly good video feed, but the output of the video to social media is Skipping frames. There's no no reason why it should be. The feed is perfectly fine, and this is kind of just like a strange. I mean, there's no reason for it to be. um Although after the video, after the live stream is done, after the hour is done, the podcast is being recorded, so the video feed will be perfectly fine in video on demand por- format. I know that the I've had to turn it on and off trying to figure out exactly what is going on as far as what the restrictions are or why they're restricting the output but i think i don't know, i don't want to get into like a conspiracy here but it seems like potentially there is a overlying message that is trying to be kind of or regulated in ways uh so that being said i do want to put this message out though uh, massage and bodywork is an international practice, and that being said, the regulation of it is not done by the UN. So, if you want to work on this international stuff, um, you might people might want to look into the the international laws for some of these subject matters. Uh, the one thing is that. Currently, Robert Gardner Wellness is offering a free trial on our subscription service, Reboot Insiders Club. So if you want to take advantage of that, go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of the first 30 days of your subscription for free. And um, I hope that this podcast gets out to you and wherever you are around the world. And hopefully you're able to get some some good um Good results from the things that they're talking about. So, back to Robert and Don in the studio. Oh, Robert has disconnected now. Okay. uh, Well... Let's see. Let's see what we can do. Um, oh, there he there, is. We've brought him back into the into the ether once again. Robert <laughs> is here, <laughs> uh, and so yeah. Back to you guys.
1: Okay. So hey guys, it's a uh, Robert with the Robert Garden Wellness Podcast. I'm here with Don Lewis of SMRT Fame. Uh, Don, can you tell them where they can contact you again? Uh, maybe like your website.
0: Absolutely. So my business name is actually Full Circle School. The website is efullcircle.com. And you can register for live classes or buy video or home study courses. Again, it's efullcircle.com.
1: So as I was saying, Dawn, you know, I had like a teacher thumbing his nose at the law. I have his students thumbing the nose at the law. And then when I talk to the larger massage community, they're like, oh, well, you should report them. And I go, what <laughs> like, like guys no. Texas is a huge state like not only is the the enforcement in Austin lacks which is our capital city where the board is it's like right. what do you think in El Paso it's like it doesn't I, you know in my area in time massage like I would have to go around and like play undercover police you know, <laughs> to, you know. and here's the hmm. thing I had someone contact me um, a gentleman had taken my class um, which I teach to anyone. Anyone can come in legally and study with me. Um, right. But he had taken class. I assume he's just a hobbyist. Uh, months and months and months later, I get a phone call from another educator, and she says, hey, this guy is using your certificate to, you know, and doing massage. You know? And I went, oh, wait, hold on. I don't give him a license. He can't use my certificate to justify anything. And right. I said, you know, if he's breaking the law and charging, you need to report him. And she said, but the board isn't going to do anything. And I said, okay, so why are you calling me? <laughs> like, I'm not massage police, okay?
0: <laughs> you said, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, if the, if
1: the board isn't going to do anything, that's not my you know issue. So, yeah, we're in a weird spot. I mean, <clears throat> also, um, laws are changing as the technology is changing. So, for instance... Um, when did you start selling materials, uh, or putting out materials that people could buy independently of your courses, like workbooks, DVDs, things like that?
0: Well, if I'm honest, Robert, I started to do that first because I taught every level of massage for like 15 years and basically never really wanted to teach live again. And so I started doing video courses initially. Um, but Nobody would buy video courses. They were all like, we really want live courses. So I shot the videos before I started to teach the live courses. It was about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago is when we really started to put videos out into the world. And those are interesting too, because when we talk about Colorado laws, when they tell you to cease and desist and you can no longer teach because you live here, they also mean you cannot teach by video. You cannot sell a video. You cannot put a video out for sale online. And again, I wonder, like, how are they ever going to regulate that? Because everything for is online. Only. <laughs> right? It doesn't make any sense. And now now that I've become a school, they wanted to charge me $500 per CE course, live CE course that I had to get it approved, which they did. So my fees were extensive because I had an existing business. And then $500 per video course. Even though they're basically the same material, they were like, they're different mediums. So I was like, I'm not giving you an extra $10,000. You know, this is ridiculous. And again, like we were in the Senate and there were lawyers and all this stuff. So they said, okay. This is what we're going to do. Just put on your website that any therapist in Colorado cannot get CEs from the video courses because of DPOS regulation and you not having them approved. And then we won't make you approve them. And I was like, okay. So the other day I'm teaching an arm and hand class here this month, a couple weeks ago. Um, in the school, in Aurora, and one of the therapists is from Colorado, we start talking about the videos and she's like, so I could get CEs then for my board certification. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Colorado says you can't. So no, I'm afraid that you can't, right? So these are this is what our regulation does, is it stops them from getting what they actually need without having to pay a whole lot more money. That's all they're doing is they're making all the therapists have to pay a whole lot more money to go and get actual education.
1: I tell therapists across the board, I'm like, listen, as the the regulation presses down, I just pass the fees on to you. And they go, oh, and I go, hey, what do you you want me to do?
0: There's nothing else we can do, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of. And then people get students, therapists get very upset about prices like I hear a lot. (laughs) You charge way too much. And our prices are really uh, middle of the road. Yeah. So we're not charging like some teachers who have been out there for, let's say decades, they charge exorbitant amounts. We're not doing that, but we're also not charging what some place like cross country education would charge cross country tends to run these massive classes and rooms that people tell me are too small with a variety of different teachers and typically not a lot of teaching assistants. So they charge quite a bit less, um, but you get a different type of product as well. So the actual teaching is not coming across in the same manner. Um, Then periodically, I I will have men actually tell me, male therapists tell me that as a woman, I should charge less, which I find to be really interesting. And okay, sexist and kind of like, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think where I was going to go with that. It's like, what what I notice is um, we're raising class fees in the new year. Okay. And the therapist aren't very happy about that, but it's time. I haven't raised class fees in like eight years. And when I travel, which is increasingly happening because they want in person, you know, I've got to pay for the room to rent. I got to pay for a home hotel or, you know, Airbnb. You got to pay for food, travel, lodging, whatever. Right. And then in addition, what I'm noticing is I like class sizes. I won't teach a class that's more than 16 people. Um, I refuse to do it anymore. The students don't get any hands-on attention uh, when it's just me. Even, even with a couple of assistants, it's still kind of murky. <clears throat> I prefer having classes that are about 12 if I had okay. a choice because mm-hmm. I've got enough time to give them a little bit of hands-on attention in class. And even that in like a three-day class, you know, I would love to just come stay in Colorado and stay for a month and just take students and give them sessions. No, it's that. Right.
0: Yeah. That gets into a different part of legality, though. That's about your licensure. Yeah. So if you're working on them, if you're doing hands on work for them, almost every state has some regulation around that. Like you can do up to three days worth of work, but if it's any more than that, you have to become licensed in that state. Or If you're only working on family and friends, you're fine. If anybody else, you have to become licensed in that state. Or sometimes, like New York had a regulation for a while that said, and I I believe they still do when it comes to hands-on sessions. Now, we can now teach our own classes in New York, even if we're not licensed in New York. But I think when it comes to hands-on sessions, you cannot touch a body without being licensed in New York.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't ever have any plans. I had someone write me from uh, Florida and I was telling them that I don't know if I'll ever teach in Florida or if I'll ever teach in New York state because their regulations are so onerous. Yes.
0: Yeah. They're up there. Yeah.
1: The students in the end, they want more hands on time. Um, and I teach something that's a little weird cause it's mat based. So because a lot of massage therapists are kinesthetic, it would help me, you know, ramp up education If I could just stay in a city for three or four extra days, see a bunch of the students, you know, for a session, and then they've had an experience of what the work is. My sessions are typically these three hours long. So it's difficult to, you know, like I've had massage therapists online criticize that and say, that's ridiculous. They can have a little bit and understand the basics. And I'm like listen, and I try to tell them this, I'm like, I can work on clients in chronic pain and they're absolutely blown away and say, I don't understand. Why isn't this available everywhere? And I'm like, because the massage therapist tell me it's not massage. And they're like, well,
0: I get that all the time too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that doing the work that we do, I hear pretty constantly is, is this massage or not? Like, About three or four years ago, when the FSMTB was trying to put through their continuing education approval program, which they're doing again right now, there was a lot of pressure on the states. And so in North Dakota, the woman who ran the continuing education uh, portion of the board in North Dakota, she had been, I don't know, she had left, she was ousted, I have no idea, but she was replaced Well, the replacement, like I didn't hear anything, was teaching in North Dakota. All of a sudden, halfway through this class, this woman tells me that she is the new continuing education person on the board for North Dakota. That she came to the class because they are reviewing every class to see if it's actually massage. And the fact that I use the word bone in my classes, that I say we should look at what's happening with the joints or like, Think about the bones a little bit. They think that is out of scope. Um, There was just a whole thing on Facebook just two days ago. Somebody asked a question about the clavicle. And like 18 people screamed. That's out of scope. That's out of scope. That that needs to be a chiropractor. You got to send them someplace else. And I private messaged the woman. I was like, yeah, I'm not even getting into that. But can you work with the clavicle? Sure, you can work with the clavicle. But... And just that word bone makes everybody think that we're not really doing body work, that we're not really doing massage. And this gets into how is the profession beginning to define massage therapy?
1: Oh, oh boy. Listen, it's like right? I, I was a philosophy student and I recognize myself on some level as an anarchist. And I'm like, yeah, massage regulation doesn't do what therapists think it does. Like no. I, I look at it and go, ooh man, it's it's brutal because I'm kind of caught between let's say the yoga community, which doesn't want to do what I do because it's called massage. And mm-hmm. then the massage community that says no, anybody has to have a license. But then when I work with these people, they're like, This isn't massage. And I go, Great. So I don't need a massage license, I don't need a massage establishment license, and I can train anybody off the street. Kind of like stretch lab and stretch zone. And then they go. Mm. Oh, oh no. And I go, well, it's like, it's okay when big corporations do it, but when I do it, everybody wants to write me hate mail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. And, you know, I, I think this is going to get worse and worse as they try to define what massage therapy is more and more and more. And I just wish they wouldn't. I just kind of wish oh. they wouldn't.
1: Okay. And here's the thing: most states, and I know you can answer this. What do most states define massage as?
0: Mm. Most totally states. okay. It totally depends on the part of the country that you're in. <laughs> I know. See, you find that funny, but that is totally true. So the the most restrictive states, the states with the most intense scope of practice. Are typically in the south and those states define massage therapy as long strokes deeper compressions and muscle work so anything that kind of goes outside of that will not be approved like we had to get a separate approval in Alabama I had to just recently get a separate approval in Louisiana and then I have to have the classes approved as well right? Georgia has written massive things off the island. And so sometimes people take my classes in Georgia and they're like, will this even work as continuing education? And I have to say, I I don't know, because Georgia will just pop up every now and again and go, no, we've decided we don't like you. Um, Mississippi (laughs) would not approve my class because I said, "bone," And you cannot even verbalize the word without them getting all kinds of upset with themselves. So yeah, like it's it's interesting. If you go West, if you go say to California or even Arizona, the scope of practice is a little bit more open. Um, New Mexico too, New Mexico has weird laws around teaching, but their actual scope of practice is pretty open. Colorado's scope of practice is minimal, just yeah. minimal, right? But the teaching portion of it is restricted so heavily that we can hardly get any continuing education. Now, hopefully that's changing at the moment, but our scope of practice is fairly open. Don't diagnose, don't touch inappropriately. Ta-da! Right? So (laughs) it totally depends on what part of the country you're in as to how massage is looked at or defined. In some places, like in Washington state, massage therapists are paid through health insurance regularly, and there are rules and regulations that say that they should be and have to be. That's fantastic, but they're seen as part of the medical community up there. So things that go beyond your basic fluff and buff, that go beyond um, a basic Swedish massage, not saying that there's not benefit in basic Swedish massage. There absolutely is. But things that go beyond that, that are more toward medical massage, are very accepted up in Washington State. Yeah. Where you go down south, they're absolutely not. You're stepping on multiple people's toes if you do that kind of work. So I'd have every single course approved through the Arkansas board separately.
1: Oh, Ben. So I got, I got approved in, in Mississippi because I was going to try to go teach there. It was uh, lots of paperwork and money. And then Arkansas. Oh, do I have stories about Arkansas? Go
0: ahead. (laughs) We sailed through that approval pretty easily, but yeah.
1: We're going to have a quick commercial break.
2: For a limited time, Robert Gardner Wellness is offering a free 30-day trial of his industry-leading subscription service, Reboot Insiders Club. That's right. Your first month is free of charge, and after that, it's only $7 per month to continue your subscription. Don't worry, you can cancel at any time, and if you cancel before the 30 days, you will not be charged. Inside, you'll learn massage and body techniques and how to thrive in business for only $7 per month. You get access to over 350-plus hours of online classes, including table and mat work, and business and marketing. Membership to our Facebook group exclusively for subscribers. And additionally, you'll receive occasional bonuses, and in the past, we've given additional NCBTMB Approved Home Study Courses with C E credit. So don't wait, get your free trial today, head on over to R G W E L L N E S S dot S T O R E. That's rgwellness.store. Can't wait for you to join our subscription service. Hello, this is Trent Knox with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I just want to let you guys know about our current holiday sale for Black Friday and for Cyber Monday. We are giving 20% off all workbooks, all digital workbooks and videos. If you head on over to bit.ly forward slash RGW holiday sale or you can go directly to the Robert Gardner Wellness store and take advantage of the holiday sale. Back to Robert and Don in the studio.
1: Hi guys, it's Robert again with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast, and I'm with Don Lewis, CE provider, and much like me, curmudgeon extraordinaire. <laughs> so Don, tell them where they can uh, tell them where they can find you again online.
0: Uh, the website is efullcircle.com.
1: Yeah. So, Dawn, continue what we're saying about um, about Arkansas. What was the issue there?
0: Well, I had no issue. Like we, but we had the, every class approved separately. I have to send them massive amounts of paperwork. Luckily their fees are not overly high. They in just approved case, our classes. It was
1: like eight paper copies. Did you have to do that?
0: Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you every have to have of the paperwork like, and then you,
1: right. I'm like guys, <laughs> I have a PDF. I can just email you. And they're like, no, we need eight paper copies. Right. And I, That's had, to right. These, yeah. I had to take these workbooks and ship them in the mail. Yeah.
0: Yes. So it's a gigantic box that you're shipping to them with all the stuff. I had to yeah. do that six different times for our courses. So all courses had to be approved individually. And then, then you're going to love this. You want to hear what happened from that? Okay. So every one of our live courses is approved through the Arkansas state board. Yeah. So then I set up a class in Arkansas. Now I taught in Arkansas three or four different times and initially When I asked the board if they had a list um, of active therapists for a mailing list to send out postcards, because we get 50 percent of our enrollment from postcards. Right. They told they sent it to me. They had a list. Then the board changed a little bit. And so a few years later, I said, OK, do you have a list? Right. That Excel list, that roster that you originally sent me. They said, well, you have to send us an email. Um, asking for the list through the Arkansas Open Records Act. So I said, okay. So I did. Then they said, we have sent this to our attorney. They will get back to you. I said, okay. So then the attorney sends me an email. She says, we cannot send you the list. And I say, is there a reason you cannot send me the list? And she says, are you a citizen of Arkansas? And I'm like... Uh, no, (laughs) I'm like, like a resident of Arkansas, because I'm a citizen of the United States. (laughs) I'm like, no, I do not live in Arkansas and they will not send you the list if you do not live in Arkansas. So even after getting all of the classes approved, they still don't actually want you to teach there if you don't live there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So well, Arkansas yeah. is kind of a thing. I hear your thing going back a little ways about only teaching classes that have 16 people in them. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of chosen, Robert, to do this in a little bit of a different way. So all of my teaching assistants right now, I think I have 12 teaching assistants and I have two other teachers as well. All of my teaching assistants, we train So they come to multiple classes, I pay them, I pay all of their expenses, we fully train them through time. And that means that they become as valuable in the class as any of us as the instructors. Like they really know what they're talking about, right? So when we have, if I have five people in a class, I have a TA with me. One, the TA can even out the class which is awesome. But yeah. two, I never know what's going to happen with that number. Like, people register the night before and drop out the morning of and all that kind of stuff. This also gives the students a different voice besides mine so that they yeah. hear this from somebody else. At 16, I take two TAs with me, and then I limit the classes to 24. But I kind of chose to do it that way because – I think it gives, it makes for a much better class. There's, there's a lot more support. There's a lot more time with each table because there are so many of us. But the expenses from that are crazy. Yeah. Because now I'm not just paying for me to travel to a location. I'm paying for one to two TAs to travel to a location. I may be paying for one hotel room or I may be paying for two. For the entire time, right? So the expenses from all of that are nuts. But then, like, for the first time in eight or nine years, I raised prices uh, the beginning of last year. And, yeah, people were like, you just charge way too much money. And I'm like, not for what you're getting, though. Like, if you really look at the quality of the course that you're getting, it's it's in line with what we do, you know? So, um, once people take our classes, they're like, "You should charge so much more money." <laughs> and either way, I'm like, uh, "No, <laughs> I'm like I don't charge too much, and I'm not charging more." But thank you. It's
1: a mix. I'll continue to refine it and work on it. Um, I have students who are working with me in various ways who want to assist or want to start teaching the work. I'm kind of working on a yeah. teacher training program. That sort of stuff is starting to grow. I'm still kind of a fledgling educator in some ways. So we'll just have to see how it works. It's just the therapists continuously tell me they can't learn online, that you know want hands-on in person, and I'm like, well, you need to change your laws because that's almost impossible. Like, if I can't just give you a session and let you experience the work legally without you coming to Texas, you know that's challenging um, on a number of levels.
0: And well, this this is a whole different thing, though. This is why you have to teach live, right? Because what you do is very different than regular Thai massage. Is that correct?
1: Well, it depends on how you define that, and I could go into great detail, but I think for the general audience, I teach a very Americanized style of Thai massage. It's much more approachable for a Western audience, but it's mat based okay. primarily.
0: Okay. I find that people are there's this concept out there that there's nothing new that all of us are just teaching our take on something that already existed. And in some ways that's true, right? I mean, the concept of positional release, which is what SMRT is, that concept has been around for a long time, it started with straight counter strain. So the concept is absolutely something that I kind of fell into The way that we do it, however, because I've never taken a strain counter-strain class and I've never taken a positional release technique class. um, I took one two-day orthobionomy class years and years ago and then very deliberately did not want all of that to inform kind of the way we did SMART. So the way that we do it is very different and people are so shocked by that, that The first day of class is very, very difficult for them sometimes because they come in thinking, I have 25 years experience and, you know, I just going to pick up the two or three things I don't know already, like in every other continuing education class. And then it turns into a challenge for them, something that's actually making them think. And then they have difficulty. By the second day, the expectations are uh, managed a little bit and they come back and they're much better. But I I hear you saying that you have a similar experience that people are. Yeah.
1: So a client, a client will come in off the street. They have a pain problem. Typically, chronic pain is what I work on. I can work on them. They, They almost have a revelatory experience and they go, I don't understand. And here's what they'll say. And this is not to offend anybody in the audience they'll say, I don't understand. I've been spending, I've been wasting all this money on massage. Like, this is amazing. Why isn't this everywhere? Now, when I work on a massage therapist, what will sometimes happen is they will completely freak out. They'll say, Robert, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand what you just did. And I go, okay, are you all right? And they're like, no, I feel amazing. But what you're doing is not massage. And I go, oh my word so it's like i'm i'm caught between a rock and a hard place like i don't know what do how they the identify
0: blinding.
1: it as table cream glide and nudity and i right. take away the table right. take away the cream take away the glide and take away the nudity
0: okay but what do they identify your work as what do they think it is it's not chiropractic it's not physical therapy like what do they think it is you're doing
1: I, I don't know. That's up for them to, to decide. I mean, I'm a licensed therapist and it's it massage to me, but I came into massage, not as spa one. Um, I had physical pain. I was in a whiplash. I was, I hurt. I had to get out of pain. I didn't mm-hmm. care what you called it. I'm like, I had to go mm-hmm. find the fringe stuff right. and it wound up falling into like a little bit of cranial sacral therapy, but then eventually it was time massage and yoga. And I was using both of these. And I've blended these two to the point where the yoga community says it's massage and the massage community says it's yoga. And I'm like, what? it manipulates soft tissue. I right. Mean, generally, as, as most laws you know, define it. So it's like, I'm not going to stop developing, you know, I'm not breaking any laws, but I'm not going to continue developing the work and packaging it in a way that therapists can use it. So from a massage therapist standpoint, for instance, I still teach on a table, by the way, But I have to show the students how to transition clients to the mat because I practice a mat-based form of work. It's almost like massage therapists are like boxers and I'm teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like teaching mixed martial arts or something. And I, I wasn't a traditionalist in any sense of the word. I was like, how do we help the clients quickly and effectively out of pain? I'm not lying to you. I had this conversation recently uh, a gentleman took my class. He works at a local facility in town, and he's, I had a phone call with him, and he's like, man, it's causing real problems. And I'm like, what's causing problems? He's like, well, dude, I'm using the stuff you taught me. And he went on for a few minutes, and then I went, hold on. So what you're telling me is the work I taught you is extremely efficient and effective at helping people out of chronic pain rapidly. Yes. You're telling me that your rebook rate has increased. You're making more money, and you're helping people. Yes. You're telling me that it's easier on your body and it's less strain. Yes. And you're telling me that because your rebook rate has increased, both you and the owner are making more money. He said, yes. And I said, what's the problem? It's like, well, it's not what they teach. And I go, listen, if your owner wants something that's less effective and it's more strain on your body, I don't have any answers for
0: it. Yeah, no, that's totally true. I I have people who take our classes and
2: if you're enjoying this episode and you would like to support Robert Gardner Wellness, head on over to rgwellness.store to see all of the products that we currently have in our marketplace, uh, as well as earlier mentioned, there was the free first month free, uh, the ins- Insiders Club, Reboot Insiders Club. There's also workbooks, uh, DVDs digital copies, digital downloads. There's a bunch of different things um, inside of the RG Wellness store. I highly recommend you go on over there and check it out. See if there's something that will help you improve your practice and increase your clients or or knowledge with your students. And uh, once again, that's rgwellness.store. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hello, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness. Just to re- come in here and do an ad read for you guys real quick, and we'll get over with. Robert Gardner Wellness is currently offering a free trial on our industry-leading subscription service, Reboot Insiders Club. If you would like to get the first 30 days free, head on over to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of free... 30 days free of that service it's 400 plus hours of video material and coursework and you can take it step by step as well as have a direct connection with other massage therapists like you and robert gardner so head on over and take advantage of that that's rgwellness.store slash free trial back to robert and don in the studio
1: Hey, Robert. Um, Hey, Robert. Hey, hey, I'm I'm Robert. So Dawn, can you also go back into what you were discussing?
0: Okay, I lost part of that, Robert. But I'm thinking that you're asking me for the website again. Um, They can reach us at eFullCircle.com. Name of the business is Full Circle School. Um, And what I was about to say to you was what we teach is actually – incredibly deep and effective and can get people out of pain very quickly, but it's done in a way that's so easy on the therapist. And I have people who take our classes who work in spas and they end up going back to told, don't ever use that. Like that's not massage because we're not doing long strokes. And I have to get them to see that you can work through clothes that's okay. Like we use tables in class, but we don't have to use tables. You can work through clothes. You could do this during a personal training session. Like this is all still about body work, right? You can combine this with any massage modality. So that's a whole different thing. Is there a lot of um, CE classes out there where people walk in and are told, okay, so now that you've learned this, this is all you do. You don't ever put anything with this. You just do this. But let's take like Thai massage and smart work together. You can absolutely like put these two things together to greater effect for both modalities. And so my own philosophy is you should be able to integrate this the minute you leave my class. The second you walk out, we're integrating before you ever get out the door. But they go back to the spas and the spas are like deep tissue, do deep tissue. And they're like, but I'm not even getting clients out of pain with the deep tissue and I'm killing myself, which is absolutely the case most of the time. And they can't use the work. So it's an interesting thing in our world. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Sedona and I was having a Thai massage because I love Thai massage. Right. And so she's going along doing her thing. And I was pretty quiet and she lived my left my right leg up so I was on a mat and she lifted my right leg up and my right leg went all the way up right it was a few inches from my head and that's great so then she lifted the left leg up and the left leg would not go up hardly at all like it stopped before it even got to like uh neutral at the hip right so I opened my eyes and I looked at her I said yeah so let me just do something to that she looked at me like I was crazy (laughs) I sat up I took my leg, did some stuff, moved it into a position, started holding it, started talking to her. I was like, so, you know, how long have you been in Sedona? Blah, 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 blah. I'm holding on to the position. I let go. I lay down. I go, okay, just try that again. She lifts my leg. My leg goes all the way up to where the right one had been. She was like, okay, you got to tell me what that is. So like right in the middle of a Thai massage, you can actually stick smart in there and it makes the time massage actually go smoother, work better. Client gets more results out of it. So everything can be integrated. This idea that we are stuck doing deep tissue all the time or long strokes all the time, or the client always has to be naked. I don't know. That just makes no sense to me. Like that's so limiting. Who wants to limit massage to that degree? Who is it? A lot of people, a
1: lot of people look at time massage, and they'll say it's stretching. Um, that's just the general like conception because um, a lot of massage was maybe a little bit of mobilization, but it was a very like 2D sort of thing where it was like prone and supine. And then right. I come in and say, "Hey, leave your clothes on. Let me move you around." And I'm like very <laughs> interactive, lots of passive right. body contact. Use knees and feet even on a table and then the the clients would go this is this is amazing you know but if I would it was interesting to me I'd go do a demo for massage therapists and then the massage therapist would go oh you're doing trigger point therapy oh you're doing myofascial release and I was like I thought I was doing time massage like how do you guys like partition out this stuff and all these little categories and things that I don't Quite doesn't quite make sense to go back to a uh, regulation when I was looking at Mississippi's laws because I was filing paperwork to go teach there. Um, I do abdominal work that I don't currently teach, and when I looked at Mississippi's laws, it said you couldn't do any, it's absolutely legal to do yeah. visceral manipulation. And yes. I went, uh, So you can't do abdominal massage? Nope, it's like how do they define that?
0: There are three at least two, maybe three states right now that have laws on their books that say you cannot do glute massage. You absolutely cannot touch the buttocks. Then there's a county in northwestern Illinois who just this year wrote into their legislation that they are reclassifying the buttocks as genitals so that you cannot work the hip at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> no. I have the same reaction. It just cracks me up. It's just like, OK, you do know that there are muscles in there, right? Like, come on. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I, in the classes, I try to explain to students I'm very ornery um, curmudgeonly at times. And I just try to explain to them, I'm like, listen, you know, take what you can and use it. And just what you don't like, just leave the rest behind. Right. You know, I always tell them I'm, I'm trying to give you more tools. I'm not trying to dictate you have to do what I do. You have to do it on a mat. You have to do it on tape. You have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. You know, just blend the work into what you're already doing. I'm going to continue to work with you, continue to work with you online, continue to teach in person classes, continue to define the curriculum. And just because I'm an educator doesn't mean I don't know. I mean, I know everything. It's like, in other words, if I take your class, Don, I'd go, oh no, this makes total sense. This is great. And I could vary. And this has been a problem. Actually, I can blend the work so easily. Like I'm a real syncretist that people would get angry. Like I stole Dawn's work and I'm like, Whoa, well, she taught it to me.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) now here's, this is a whole different subject, right? Like I get asked all the time, have you trademarked this? do, Do you have this under lockdown And I'm always like, so that somebody can change two things and call it what they want to call it. Like, that doesn't make sense. I tell our students that when it comes to positional release, everything we do has to be modified almost immediately for the client and for the therapist's hands. So in some way, you start to do it in your own way. And it belongs to all of us, not just me. Right. Like. It becomes part of your repertoire and part of your work. And that whole thing about, like, I had to remind myself sometimes when I have other teachers in class that I only have to know what I know. I don't have to know what they know. And I had to start that very, very early on with teaching that I didn't have to know everything. Um, the expectations come at you from from outside that as a teacher, you're supposed to be the expert in this or that or the other thing. I'm an expert in what I do. And I have a tremendous amount of anatomy and physiology knowledge. And I study constantly for that. But does that mean I know everything? No, actually, that shows me how much I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm missing so many things so I always feel like I need to know more stuff so yeah if you were to come into my class you'd be like I have no idea what you're doing but honestly Robert if I was to come into your class I'd be like yeah so no so I don't have any idea what you're doing right now you know yeah, so think, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's, 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 it's it, infinitely. It, it's, I, I just I don't, just, don't as a philosophy student, and maybe I'm just mentally shaped a little bit different, I can remember walking around LSU as a philosophy student and you had the quad, which was the the main uh, area with the buildings around it. And you had like geography and math and physics and this and that. But here's the thing. When I would walk through the quad, I was always interested in the interconnection where anthropology hit poetry and poetry hit physics and physics hit chemistry ah, nice. and chemistry hit history or whatever. So it's like that sort of intersectional um, interdisciplinary sort of stuff was always the most interesting to me, but I don't think other people necessarily operate that way. In fact, sometimes I think they find a certain security in like segmented reductionist thought where, you know, these are bones and these are muscles and these are ligaments and these are tendons. And I'm like, uh, yo, bro, if I work on Dawn, I'm working on her.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I get, I get asked all the time by therapists in classes or they put it on our evals. Well, I wish you would have led us through this piece of work as a class. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because what if your partner needs you to do one move three times and then somebody else's partner needs them to not do that move at all. Like, I'm not going to lead you through it as a group because it means you're not actually looking at the person on the table. That, yeah. They find a sense of security and give me a protocol, and I'll just follow it. And I'm like, Sequence. I do not work by protocols. I do not yep. work by sequences. <laughs> if you want to do the <laughs> whole thing backwards, you should do it. Jump ahead and do this four moves ahead move because that's what your partner needs, you know. So, and and it it, it shocks their system a little bit. So some people have a much more difficult time learning that way. A lot of people are grateful for that like I get bored very easily so if you're if you're telling me like when I first took uh, cranial sacral she was like okay I'm going to teach you a 10 session model and when you do the 10 or the 10 step model when you do the 10 steps you should only do the 10 steps and immediately in my head I was like or not like it could be not right? Like. (laughs) i I can't do it that way so
1: it's it's yeah that's cool so dawn it's been a great uh a great chance to connect with you again and communicate via podcast we're likely going to have you do this again if you would like to so we could go into a little bit more detail um i've been actually mildly like complaining to because I think these need to be longer. It's simply not enough time to really delve into certain facets that I find uh, inordinately interesting, and I also think entertaining and educational for students. Can you tell the audience one last time where they can contact you online?
0: Absolutely. So it's Dawn Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. If you Google my name, you'll come up with all kinds of stuff. And the first thing that typically pops up is our website, which is efullcircle e f u l l c i r c l e dot com, and you can basically find everything there. All of our videos, all of our live classes.
1: Nice. So, Don, listen. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me. I look forward to uh, doing this again. It was really educational and also reassures me that I'm at least on a partially correct path when I'm a. Uh, Butting heads with you and comparing and contrasting sort of educational experience about uh, the students want a sequence and I'm here improvising and it's like okay well we got to teach them some basics just to get started but uh, thank you so right. much for being on the podcast and I You're will talk welcome. to you soon uh, thank okay. all of you for tuning in and if you have any requests or anything just write in the comments below we'll be happy to chat with.